So the best thing about election day is there's no school, right? <laughs> Cheers across the room, hopefully at home too. No school, no, no. Who is going to log in just to be safe to log in one time on Google Classroom on, on Tuesday just to make sure? Nobody, not a single person, all right? Good, we want you to take a break from that. Uh, so th- thanks for being here online, Facebook and YouTube. We've got a lot of people on there right now. Thanks for being here in person as well. Uh, we're going to talk about our feelings about politics today. And there's so many, right? Like we've been on this uh, sermon series called Feelings, Facts, and Faith, and we've been naming just one feeling, and we knew that this was going to occur during the election season. And when we came to this, it's like, well, what feeling do you assign to this word politics? Well, it kind of depends, right? Depends on the day, depends on the person, depends on the circumstances. There's probably a long list of feelings we could put on that list like, I'm done with it, don't want to even talk about it anymore, or I'm hopeful, or I'm anxious, or I'm eager, or I'm excited, or I am uh, frustrated, or apathetic even. There's so many different feelings. Now, I want you to be thinking about the one feeling, just for you personally, I'm not going to have you say it out loud, but the one feeling for you personally that sums up your current feelings about politics or the election. Just think of that word right now. That's that's the feeling that you have. Think about, yeah, okay, we already got one shouting it out. That's good. Um, yeah, you, think about what that is. Now, as you think about that and you identify that, I want to remind us what we've been doing for the past three, four weeks together. We've been identifying our feelings, taking a look at the facts, and then determining faith steps that we must take once we've looked at all of that. That's what we're going to do together again with this. And I think that probably more than anything else we've talked about to this point, if there's one thing that's taken a priority of our, um, I guess, messaging that's coming into our hearts, into our minds, uh, this election season's been really big. Uh, We've had early voting, absentee ballot voting, and we've seen ads, heard ads, way more ads than, I don't know how many trees have died on behalf of this election because of all the paper that's ended up in my mailbox on my door. It has been a top priority in our culture and our society. And so what do we do with all that? What do we do with it? Whatever feeling you're feeling about that, no matter what it is, and I guarantee there's probably 20 at least different feelings, different words represented in this room. And if you add on everybody watching online, viewing online, listening online, it probably gets into the hundreds of different feelings and emotions. But when we look at these facts that we're going to find in God's Word together, and we determine these faith steps, I'm hoping and praying that you're going to leave this time of worship together with a very, very specific thought in mind, with a very specific thing or things to do that may be completely different than what's been on your mind lately. All right? So we're going to look at the facts while looking at 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at the first six verses together. And I'll remind you, when we're looking here, this is something that the Apostle Paul was inspired by God to pen to paper, writing this letter to his protege, Timothy. And Timothy was a rising uh, pastor, if you will, in the first century, in the Greco-Roman world, in the city of Ephesus. And in that world, let me just dare tell you, it wasn't like America is. (laughs) Very different. Uh, uh, The Greco-Roman world, as far as the religious landscape, if you will, 
Uh, they worshipped a pantheon of gods and goddesses. Temples to those gods and goddesses dotted the horizon in that day. And the political climate was very different than even it is now in the Roman Empire. Uh, the, the, the government that was filled with godliness, godlessness as far as what we would say is godlessness, and even scandal and corruption. So this is what Paul writes in the midst of all that. 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. That was a list. Petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. Intercession is kind of like I'm coming on behalf of this person before you, God. God, I'm pleading to you on behalf of this person. All of that should be made for all people, for all people, for everybody, no matter what, no matter who they are, no matter how we feel about them. This is what we're called to do. And then it goes into verse 2 and says, specifically for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. It's good that we do this. It's good that we pray like this for all people and those in authority. It pleases Him who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. This is really awesome. What a timely passage for us in the midst of what many are saying is one of the most pivotal elections in the history of humanity. Everything's riding on what we find out, the election results this week. Now listen, the last thing I want to do is minimize that, and I'll share a little bit more about that in a moment, but I want to just, let's, let's put on our Bible glasses for a moment and think this through. With all those feelings, whatever feelings you may have right now about that, Look at things through God's lens, through a biblical lens today. Here are three facts that I find in just these six verses. First, God wants us to pray for all those in government positions. Makes that very clear. He says everybody, all people, all individuals. But then he specifically names kings and authorities. And then number two, God's goal is for all people to be saved. Right after he tells us to pray, he says God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. This is what he desires. And then three, only one person should be the king of our hearts, and that's Jesus Christ. It's, it's not by accident that when he says, do prayers, petitions, and intercession for all people, especially kings and those in authority. And by the way, my goal is for all people to be saved, and there's only one man that stands between God and humanity, and that is Jesus Christ. No human being on this planet. No human being on anyone's ballot, dare I say, can even come close to that role. And this is what we must be reminded of. When I think about this idea of praying, God is the only one that can change a human being's heart. He really is. And that's why this thing of prayer is so important. Because when you name someone before God, you are 
opening up a portal and you're interceding between them and God. Say, God, would you please make changes in this person's heart so that they can become everything you want them to be, so they can experience all that you want them to experience, so that they can lead the way you want them to lead, so that your will may be done and not our will. Those are some great prayers to pray, that that we have an opportunity to pray. And to be reminded that God's goal is for all people to be saved. And when I'm reminded as I read this passage, that he can accomplish this. God can accomplish his goal, no matter who is in charge of a city, a state, or a country. And if you're thinking, wait, I don't know about that, Bill. Well, once again, Look back. Let's get in a time capsule and go back to Timothy's world. When God inspired Paul to pin these words to Timothy, the hope wasn't placed upon Caesar. It wasn't placed upon those Roman governors. Hope was placed upon Jesus Christ. And in a landscape in which the, the gospel was spreading like wildfire in the first century, in a very godless country. It's pretty amazing, right? So it, it kind of hope, hopefully gives us a little bit of a different lens to look through as we think about our election here in America today. Which reminds me of that third fact. Only one person should be the king of our hearts, Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can bring about the change in our hearts and souls that we need. And he's the one that we must look to for all hope, no matter what. I wrote this sentence down because I want to back up a little bit and say, that's not to minimize what we're doing. I am so thankful that I get to vote. And I know that thousands and thousands of people gave up their very lives so that I can have the freedom and the right to vote. And so I don't take that lightly. I'm so thankful for it. And I believe my conviction is I should do it. And I should take part in this awesome process. But I wrote this down, and I put it on the screen, and I say it to you because this helps me. I wrote this down for me, and I hope it helps you. We should all go and vote based on our conscience through prayer. But just know and understand that no matter the outcome of the election, Jesus is Lord. No matter what, that does not change. There is one seat that is not up for election. (laughs) And I hope that's the throne of your heart. And I know it's the throne of my heart. That will not change and will never change. And it's the most important lordship. It's the most important authority that we must throw all of our hope into, guys. No matter what. Now, it still doesn't minimize the fact that I want to do, I'm going to take part, and I have taken part in this democratic process, the election here in America. But the hope for America doesn't lie in the ballots that we cast. As strange as that may sound, as much as we're hearing that over and over again, if your hope for America is mostly based on who wins an election, then you will be disappointed every time. I have a friend of mine, I'm a big history buff, a friend of mine gave me this link to a podcast to listen to where it kind of goes into detail about every single president in, in American history. It's actually, maybe it's only going through some of them. I've only listened to 13 of the podcasts so far, and there's only 13 available. So maybe it's stopping with 13. You know what my big takeaway from listening to that podcast is? 
We are all flawed human beings. Flawed human beings. Every single president we've ever had was a flawed human being. No matter how you feel about them. No matter what great things they did objectively or subjectively. Or horrible things they did objectively or subjectively. Flawed human beings. Which we all are. But friends, Jesus Christ. He is the hope for America. So, Let's determine a couple of faith steps that we must take. We've been talking about a vertical faith step and a horizontal faith step. Vertically between us and God, horizontally between us and others around us. So here they are. Vertically, pray for your leaders in this election. Horizontally, make Jesus Christ your platform. I want to just park here for just a moment. I encourage you, and I'm encouraging me to do something I don't do well that I've not done consistently enough. Pray for our leaders by name. Name them before God. That's what intercession is. Naming them before God and praying for them. We can ask God to draw them to Himself. We can ask God to grant them wisdom to govern well. We can ask God to give them the ability to do its best for the good of all people that they are governing. We can ask God to place other people in their lives that will be a godly influence. We can ask God to do His will, His good and perfect will, in spite of sometimes their decisions and flaws. We can ask that of every single person in every single position of authority across our land. And I believe it makes a difference. Why? Because God told us to do it. He wouldn't ask them to do something that doesn't matter. He's saying, do this because it matters. It enables you and me to live peaceful, quiet lives unto godliness and holiness, as it says in 1 Timothy 2. So we must do this. But friends, listen. If we get to know the results of the election this week, (laughs) I say it that way because I don't know. Who knows, right? But if we get to know, whenever that is, if it's this week, if it's Tuesday night, if it's sometime later down the road, do you know what you and I have in our possession at that point? We have our new prayer list. Those names, we need to pray for them. We need to put just as much effort and just as much priority on praying for those who win the election as anything else we do. Because that is the hope for America. Pray for them by name. You know what? You have a lot of power in this country. And that power is way bigger than casting a ballot. Because I believe what you do in your prayer closet has more power than what is ever done in the Oval Office. Your prayer closet. Wherever it is you pray, that's what's going to change America. That's what's going to change this community. That's what's going to change your family. And that's what's going to change you. So friends, no matter what the outcome of this election, we've only just begun to become agents of change in our lives, in our communities, in our country. When you hit your knees in prayer, that's when things begin to change. Don't ever forget that. And friends, I will say it like this. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, you are the hope for America, actually. (laughs) Because you have the gospel, this good news of Jesus Christ. And that's why I believe God is calling us to this second horizontal faith step. Make Jesus Christ your platform. I hope and pray that people would know more about how I feel about Jesus Christ than how I feel about this election 
or how I feel about politics or how I feel about policy in this country or in my local community. I hope and pray that they know a million times over how much I love Jesus and how much of a difference He's made in my life than any of that other stuff. Because that's what's going to change. That's what's going to make a difference. Make Jesus Christ your platform. Make Him what you post most about. Make Him what you spew most of your opinions about. Jesus Christ, who He is, what He's done for you. And if that's hard for you, you just got to spend more time with Him then. Because the more time you spend with Him in His Word and in prayer, oh, it's going to bleed over in your life. And you won't be able to be quiet what He does in you and through you. Friends, this is the hope for America. This is the hope for our world, is Jesus Christ. It's why we've sung the songs we have sung today. We will build our life on Him, not anything else. But friends, I want to ask you today, who is the source of your hope right now? And if it's anything other than Jesus Christ, and I mean anything other than Jesus Christ, then probably what you need to do more than anything else right now is to go into the throne room of your heart and do a little fall cleaning. Whatever's sitting in the seat of that throne It's time to kick it out. It's time to declutter it and place Jesus Christ alone. What are you hoping in more than anything else? Where does your hope lie? Friends, it doesn't lie in a political opinion, in a political party, in an election result, in anything else. Your only hope, my only hope, our only hope is through the Lord of all, Jesus Christ. I ask you today, Does your hope lie solely in Him? If not, this could be a rough week (laughs) emotionally for you and for me. But if we settle this today, that our hope lies in Jesus Christ as Lord, then the emotions we may feel, no matter what the results are, are going to flow through this filter of this truth. No matter what, Jesus is still Lord. And I can give that hope to someone else. And this world can change for the better no matter who's in charge of my city or my country. Do you believe that? Here's the, that's why we call it faith steps. Do you actually believe that? Or do you say, yeah, preachers have to say that. Yeah, preachers have to say that. Really, everything's riding on this thing this week, this election. Friends, I'm hoping that we can stand before God and talk to Him together right now and pivot in our minds about this. Make a real strong pivot about this so that God can use us to share His hope with others. And it's needed more than ever before. I don't know of another time in my life. People have been saying this is the most important election ever. I'm thinking this is the most important time in the history of our country where we have a chance to show people where hope really is comes from. Eternal hope. Hope that really lasts. A hope that won't let you down. There's only one person that will not disappoint you, and he's not on any of our ballots. It is Jesus Christ. Friends, will you join me in standing on Him and Him alone?
I invite you right here in this room, and maybe if you're watching at home, you can do this too. No matter what you're doing, I'm going to invite you to stand where you are because we're going to have a time of prayer before we're dismissed and close this service down. And I want us to stand on our feet, just kind of push all the distractions of everything else around you aside. Whether you're at home, you may be hearing bacon sizzle. Maybe that's distracting. I don't know how you're going to get over that. But if you're home or if you're here, in this moment, I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes and push aside all distractions. And I want us to have a moment and a time of prayer together. Right now, let's try to take these faith steps together. The first thing I want you to pray and step out on faith to do is to name a couple of names that come to mind when you think about our current elected officials. Pray for them by name right now before the Lord. Ask them, ask God to do a work in them, to draw them to himself. Pray. Maybe there's a name or two on a ballot that just comes to mind. Pray for them right now. God tells us to do it. Do you believe it matters? Now, be honest before God. Is your hope solely in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in him? Is he sitting on the throne of your heart? Does he reign in your life? If not, talk to God about that right now. Perhaps what you need to pray above every other prayer is saying, oh, Lord, I've not let you be Lord in my life. But starting today, right here, I'm placing you on the throne of my heart. I want you to rule. I want you to reign. I want all my thoughts and feelings about this election and politics and the world around me to be filtered through you and your lordship in my life. Starting today. And maybe right where you're standing, if you're being honest, people whole, know a whole lot more about your political opinions or your thoughts about who knows what. How many people know about how you feel about Jesus, your faith, your story of what God has done in you, for you, through you? Talk to God about that. Maybe you would pray and say, Lord, right now, I need to make a big change. I am so outspoken about these other things, but I've not been outspoken about you, God, and about your son and what you've done for me and how that's changed me and how important that is. Lord, please help me to make that change in my life that people would know that you are my platform, that you are my Lord, that my hope is in you and you alone, oh God. Father, help us to do this. You've heard our prayers in this place. Help us to take these steps of faith, not just this morning together, but tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then when we find out the results of the election, that we keep on living under your amazing, awesome, gracious, loving lordship in our lives and that people would look 
at us and say, why are you so calm? Why are you so different, oh Lord, that we would say? Because I will tell you the name that is the most famous name of all. And it's not a name that's on any of our ballots. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, may we proclaim your name fervently and continually for the rest of our days, as, as long as we live on this earth that you've placed us on, oh Lord. May we make your name famous. And we pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you all for being here in worship. And listen, we want to throw this on the screen. I'd love to hear from you. If you took a step of faith today, maybe you said, okay, I'm making Jesus Lord. And I need some prayer for that because that's a big step for me. Let us know by texting the word faith to our church number, which is 859-356-3162. Maybe you have questions about faith. Maybe you want to take a step of baptism to declare your faith to the world or join this church family. Maybe you just want to talk to somebody about who knows what. We would love to hear from you. Text that word to our number, and we'll get back with you. Hey, thanks for worshiping with us today. You're from home, online, here in this room. We love you all so much. Let us know if there's anything we can do for you. And you are dismissed. God bless you guys.